Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Denise Michaels, and I am speaking with Kim Potter. Today is February 3rd, 2015. Great to have you here, Kim. Good to be here. Good. Good. Um, did you have a chance to look over the chapter I sent you yesterday? I did. I did. Oh. Wow. I mean, um, a lot of credibility to you. Um, what you're doing is what I call nonlinear. And it surprised me, actually, that um, you're going through a flow you know of information. You know what? I have to tell you, I thought either he's going to love it or he's going to hate it. <laughs> well, the nonlinear is you're remembering or researching things that we've discussed before and applying it to that flow of information. I'm very aware of that. Um, I'm aware that that there's parts of it that weren't discussed all in one session. Now, right. when, when we go into fine-tuning, because we're really talking about you know the fine-tuning of behavior, we've got to be careful that we stay consistent. And there was two, two areas in there that I found inconsistencies out of all of it. The okay, one so was let's, the, let's talk about it so yeah, I can well, the, correct them. One was the positive affirmations, how they, um, they recognized that not to work because it's not identifying the challenge. We go through, but then we say, so we simply tell ourselves we love ourselves. That's a positive affirmation. The love ourselves, love is a word that is individual, customized to each individual, and their history of okay. relationships is love. So if we're looking, needing to say, I love myself, it's because we don't have it. Again, we fall into what we resist persists. So the love is what it has been. So we go, that is... So we go through how positive affirmations don't work, but then we right. we fall right back into the trap, which is common. And, and you know what? I saw that, and and I yeah. thought, you know what? If there's going to be a discrepancy, this is going to be it, because I love yes. myself as a positive yes. affirmation, you know? Yes. But exactly. it was like that's what I had sort of gleaned from the transcription, you know? Yes. Um, and- one and other and I've small also known people in seminars where they encourage you to look in a mirror and say, I love myself. Well, people burst <laughs> into tears because they know it's not true. Then why are they stimulating that? They're actually, right. they're actually stimulating that at a, in a level that it actually fires and they fall into it. So what, what good was that? You go, well, exactly. they <laughs> yeah. recognize it and it's like, no, they just stimulated it. There's a difference between recognizing and stimulating it. We don't want to do that. And that's what's okay. looked upon as a part of a lot of therapy. Anger management, per se. Let's bring the anger to the surface. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. 
but the the other thing is let me think before i lose it um oh one little comment in there it's the structures the cells the old cells that create the new no they're not flexible when we go in and we create new structures it's not the old cells that create them it's the stimulation of the old behavior that creates an alternative behavior, an alternative okay. structure. Okay. Yeah. We, okay. Yeah. They're not flexible. So, right. Behavioral cells are not flexible. They do what they do, and it's as simple as that. So going back to the love affirmation, do you suggest mm-hmm. that I take that out or yes. modify it somehow? Take it out. Okay. Uh, take it out because it, 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 it we're being hypocritical of what we say don't do, and then we're saying do it. And, I know, I know. And somehow yeah. I got that from the transcription, and I thought, well, he'll tell me, <laughs> you know. He'll yeah. tell me if it's not not right. So, anyway. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't encourage people to set goals. And basically that would be a goal, to love myself. And it's like, no, we don't, you know, you, you mentioned it several times. We don't want words. We want an action. And right there says it, we don't want to use words because the words avoid. Now, you know, they did some research in the UK with two groups of people and they gave them simple tasks, very simple mundane tasks. One group was encouraged to talk about their simple mundane tasks and the others were told not to talk about it. The group that didn't talk about it were more successful in completion than the group that spoke about it. So every time we talk about what we're going to do, it diminishes the reason why we intended to do it in the first place. The brain, the fuel is being leaked out. So, so it's always... I have, oh, go on. Okay. I have to tell you, um, there's a uh, many, many you know speakers and authors throughout the world have quoted something called the Yale Study which the Yale study said that they took these guys who graduated from Yale back in the, I don't know, it was like 50s or 60s, and they wrote down their goals when they graduated, right? And they they tracked them throughout their career, and they were like way, way more successful than the people who didn't write down goals. And then it was determined a few years ago there never was a bunch a Yale study. It's a bunch of bullshit, and some motivational speaker made it up. Well, most things are made up in this case. They're not based on fact. I agree with that. Right, but I'm just saying it's like when people think, well, wait a minute, everything in the world tells me I'm supposed to write down my goals. You know, I think giving them some little thing that says you know, what you may think is true um, was made up. What you may have based all your goal writing on for all these years, you know, was a bunch of horse hockey, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, I went to um, uh, um, like a a center that just opened to do sort of courses and workshops, and there was um, um, a chiropractor, and he was giving a presentation of his upcoming workshop, And um, typically, I don't want to be included, you know, people asking me, because typically I don't give the answers that they think I'm going to. So I intently avoid it. And I 
I attempted to make eye contact with this individual, like, leave me alone. And it didn't work. He came around and he pointed his finger at me and he asked me what my goals were for the next year. And I said, I don't have any. And then he said, well, you look like you might be successful. How's that? And I thought, okay, you want to play this game? I said, so what you're asking me today with today's knowledge, today's experience, where I project to be in a year? And he said, correct. I said, but what if I learn something tomorrow that changes that course? I said, I, I would be handicapping myself on staying on that rigid focus. Now, some goals work, but it's like a surface focus of where you want to be, not how to get there. Because how to get there may change from day to day, week to week, month to month. But if you stay on this rigid, this is how I'm going to do it, that's not a good idea. Not a good idea right. at all. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. Yeah. I used to know a man, he's, he's since deceased a few years ago, but he was an attorney, graduated from Pepperdine, and he started a business in his home. He, um, I don't know if he invented it or if he like got the rights to it, the first garage door opener in the 1960s and within 10 years you know he'd made millions of dollars and took the company public you know and I asked him about how he set goals and stuff like that and he said Denise I don't have goals but I do have plans yeah yeah there's a difference there's a difference yeah what Um, do you see the difference one has flexibility my plan is to do this. How I get there, I don't know. Right. Because if you did know how to get there, why have you already be there? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, let me share two things. Um, the workshop seminar down here went bang. I mean, a big. It just went crazy down here. But um, I had a photographer take some pictures for the website, and Annette wanted to use the same photographer, so we went to visit her. And I left her some symbols. And after, I said, you know, do you mind me asking if you've got any results or something you want to share? And please remember that a no result or little result strength is still information for us. And she said, oh, this is going to surprise you. I didn't know where it was going to go. She goes, my eight-year-old boy who diagnosed with insomnia, he has nightmares all the time and ticks all over his face, is sleeping through the night with no nightmares, and he has to intently stimulate the ticks. And I said, wow. Intently stimulate what? The ticks, twitches on his face. Oh, okay. uh, It's very interesting that he has to do it. So it's so familiar with him. When it's not doing it, the only way he can get it to do it is mentally, physically to stimulate it. But then I said, well, so... Anything else? She goes, isn't that enough? I said, what about you? She'd missed this out. And she goes, oh, the relationship with my husband's better. I'm more peaceful. Of course, I'm happier with my son. I'm sleeping better. The business is better. And I said, you know, has anything else changed? Anything? She goes, no. Do you don't think we've questioned this? The only thing is the symbols. Now, the other thing is, and uh, this cannot get out. 
Um, if Jed Bush runs for president, his campaign manager has these symbols. I met with him and his wife for about uh, two hours. Um, oh, he's been around now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks that it certainly looks that way, anyway. Yeah, well, if he does, his campaign manager and his wife are used, utilizing our product. So if they get the results that's possible, we have a door all the way up there. It could. And Jed Bush is the better, I think, of all of them. Um, but, you know, obviously I think better than who we got now. But that's just a personal comment. So right. that, that, that could be huge. And this guy has a year off. And he's interested in this. He's very yeah. interested, you know. And it came from references out of the workshop. So that's why I'm saying it just went boom, boom, boom. A lot of interesting people with a lot of interesting connections. So what was the objective? Uh, I mean, you told me about it several times, and I wanted to ask you about it today. What was the objective of the workshop? What did you want people to get out of it? Well, it was set up so Annette could see what I do with a group of people because she'd never observed it. But what I typically do, teach them what change is and teach them individual tools to how to move forward. And I think it was very... We had, um, we had a psychologist in there that flipped out, um, had a... Well, I'm not going to say what type of a, a attack, but they, they went into, how do I know I chose the right symbol? You know, I was looking at that one and that one, and how how do I know this is for me? And it went on for a couple of minutes, and I let it go on. And I said, you haven't asked me which symbol you chose. She goes, which did I choose? I said, anxiety. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it made, she made a complete idiot of herself. Complete idiot. <laughs> And you have to do everything in your power not to crack up right <laughs> No, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times that it's like I sort of expect it, especially at a psychologist. It's come up numerous times like this, and it's like you just made a complete fool of yourself in what you profess to be a professional at. But anyway, so it was very interesting. I think the majority of people who are therapists come from troubled backgrounds. You know, uh, they haven't well, they haven't yeah, worked out their own stuff. You know. Yeah. Well, that's how it works, and um, you know, they find it easier to work on other individuals and they than miss, themselves. Miss, sure. Yeah, they miss miss themselves out of the equation. Right. And, you know, it's sad, but that's that's the way it is. Right. So when people left, first off, how many hours long was it? I know you do these like record length. Um, let me think. Um, we started at 10 and um, oh, what did we do? What did we do? I, I would think 5 or 6 o'clock. Oh, okay. That's reasonable. Yeah, with no stop. Straight through. Right. right. Yeah. Was, yeah. there, was there anyone there? Was it in a home or was it in like a hotel meeting room? Or It was in an office. Okay. Yeah. Was there any particular um, insights, ahas, or light bulb moments anyone got from it that would be 
good um, for inclusion in some way in the book? Um, everybody, everybody got what they got. You know, um, I was pleased. You know, if everybody gets something, at least something that puts them into like a. You can see when it hits them; they go really quiet, or you know, an emotional outburst. You know, tears and that. Um, not anything. There was there's some individuals I know have been through some big big challenges in their life and already the big thing um, was two of them were listening to their symbols in silent and they have teenage sons and both of the sons started asking mum what's going on what are you doing there's something weird going on and I said did did they know that the symbols and they said no they had no idea no huh. idea of the symbol. They knew something was happening. And it was two that knew each other and it happened the same day. So, you know, this this is not a surprise to me. But the more I hear it or the more the group that I'm around hear it, the more it helps them, you know, Annette and Michelle. There's a group that are working with me, helps them to explain this process. Hmm. There's okay. nothing, nothing, I don't go into too much detail, but when somebody gets something, it hits them, it hits them hard, you can, you can see. You know, right. Where sometimes right. take a little bit of time to get their breath. So There's nothing you know, better than seeing the lights go on in people. Oh, they break down. I mean, it's sort of, you know, it can be quite heavy. But what I yeah. do is, is so direct that it gets to the point and um, they've never realized or looked at it that way before. So it's a big connection. The brain reconnects in a different way to how they understood um, underlying behaviors, that, thus giving the opportunity for it to rewire. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I was thinking today of what we should talk about, and we've already been, you know, talking, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I was thinking about after I sent you that chapter yesterday afternoon is yeah. I thought there is this moment between the sitting still, you know, and and getting quiet and just kind of, you know, being with yourself, really, and then the action. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm going to say something. Um, with withdrawal is part of the addiction. With withdrawal, you come, you don't go out of non-addictive behavior. It's still part of it. So if you're out of, you know, if you've worked through the addictive behavior, there is no withdrawal. Withdrawal is connected, part of the addiction. Right. And whether right. it's external or internal, you know, right. external, you know, drugs, internal, the, the brain chemistry. Okay. So you want me yeah. to kind of shift that little part about withdrawal? Yeah, it is part of it. It's like when you've worked through your addiction, then you go, no, withdrawal is part of the addiction. It's very right. clever. It's very, very sneaky. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, what I was thinking is there's this moment between that getting quiet and standing still and mm-hmm. taking action, okay? Yeah. Now, yeah. you know this better than I do because you, this is your expertise. This is your area. Do you find that people are like, should I do this or should I do that? Are they like weighing options? Does it seem automatic to do something they've, different? They've already done it. They've already done it. By stopping is they've already started the process. They they don't understand that if they stop and do not fall into the stimulation, that is an action within itself. And they say, but I didn't do anything. And it's like, yes, you did. That is a stimulation that you've created. That's a structure that has been developed and with use will get stronger. So it's that base that growth starts from. You've got to create that structure, and that structure is choice. So what do I do next? You've already done it. Okay. It seems like that they're lost. Well, they are, because it's something they don't typically do. And there's a unsurety, a discomfort, what, 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 and it's like, stop the questioning. Stop the activity you will work it out. Work what out? Stop. You've already created it. You haven't done what you typically do. Now you need to build on that. And as you fall into this, is there relief? Well, I'm glad I didn't do that. Well, isn't that good enough? Well, what the brain is looking for, it's looking for another way to find its way back there. Right. So the, right. the questioning the activity is the sort of withdrawal process. It's like, oh, 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 no, no, we've got to find another way to get you back into this stimulation. And it's like, no, don't do anything. So that is the answer. It it see it sounds feels incomplete. No, it does feel a little incomplete. It, you know. It, because it's like this, okay, I stopped, yeah. you know, and then how do I not drink, like throw the beer out of the fridge? Or how do I, you know, do you think people, you know, once they stop and they're able to get quiet, they automatically, they find their own solutions? They know? That is the solution. It's They've the way? found it. They've already found the solution. It's like, well, I typically go down with Bill and the boys down the, down the bar and I've decided not to do it. And I chose not to. What's next? It's like you just did it. Yeah, right, right. That, that I can see. That's pretty clear. You but, know? but it's clear in every situation. If you've, if you've learned choice not to fall into the stimulation of an experience you found desirable, there's your answer right there. Right. And it's like, well, what do I replace it with? You already have. Yeah, but I'm doing nothing. That's the structure you work from. That's the structure. Well, I, it's like, well, you're going you're gonna to try to create this journey right now? You want it right now? 
It doesn't work that way. It takes time, but you've already started it. Well, you build it on it day by day, hour by hour. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. You've already found it, but because it doesn't involve a chemical stimulation, external or internal, you feel lost. You feel deprived, like there should be something more. Well, that's peace. Peace is the absence of chemical stimulation. Right. You've right. just found it. This is what you said you wanted. Well, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's, it's an internal game we're playing with ourselves. Do you find some people end up like maybe substituting one addiction for the other? Like they yes. no longer they no longer go drinking with the boys, but now they get addicted to going to the gym for three hours a day or something. Yes. And that's what typically happens. Our society is based on chemical stimulation, whether we look at television, uh, video games. It's all to do with stimulation. Well, it also has to do with this idea of being industrious and doing something, being productive. Um, No. No? No? Um, We come home, we sit in front of the television, and we watch a soap opera, basically. And the design is to stimulate our brain so we get our fixes as quick as possible, video games, to get chemical stimulation fixes as quick as possible. Now, let's do it ourselves. Well, that's mundane. It takes time. We've got to get up and do something. Well, we've got caught in the trap. It's all to do with chemical stimulation. And again... It's an avoidance of peace. An so avoidance actually, of peace. Yes. So the video games, the television, make it actually more difficult to do things. It creates us to procrastinate, sit there, well, sit, also there the, sit there. The internet, the internet, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's designed for chemical stimulation too, I would think. Yeah, yeah it is. And it, it's is we rely on information so readily to be true as you've already brought up the Yale study. And, and you know, it's like, well, the Yale, they did this study, and yes, it is beneficial to write things down. And, I mean, at the workshop, Annette asked if she could take notes. What do you think I said? Uh, I'm going to guess that you said no. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like like just participate and enjoy and get into it rather yeah. than get caught up in words. I'm going to guess yeah. that's what you said. Yeah, I said, um, I don't encourage anybody to write down, so why you? And she goes, yeah, but I'm there for a different reason. I said, no, if I don't clarify it, then I haven't done my job. You won't have to write things down. So it, it's it's the same. It's like what part of the brain do we want to stimulate? The sensory brain? No, that's not our behaviorism. So why would we want to connect and stimulate that when the goal is to do something completely different? So the nature is what often happens is people will substitute one addiction for another. Yes, yes. As long as it's 
long as it's more desirable, that that is acceptable. Why do you think we resist peace so much? Because it's non-addictive. It's non-addictive. <laughs> okay. All yeah, right. I mean, everything, you know, our clothes, the food we eat, um, the work environment, um, it's all competitive at a, at a level. And peace is not. It's the absence of. And it, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the fact, you know, what we spoke about right at the beginning to do nothing. Well, then what? Why does there have to be a then what? Why why does there have to be a, a perceived replacement? Well, that's my goal. Well, your goal is oversized, overstimulated. What about just doing nothing? Right. And we're educated in a way that that's non-productive. So, and, I know it sounds dumb, but... Um... How do you just do nothing when you're used to just being a human doing rather than a human being? Minute by minute, day by day. Giving yourself a choice that you have not got to be that person. That sometimes just observing, sitting still. That's, that's all that's required. And if that is an alternative, to something you say you don't desire, why isn't that recognized as a very good place to be? Ah, uh, because the withdrawal is creeping in. You've got to be doing something. Come on. It's like it's going to it's gonna take you right back there. Right. Right. It, it's, it's, you know, it's the way we use words and the misunderstanding of what those words mean, even love. You know, it's like we go to the dictionary and they go, that's what it means. It's like, really? What's your history? Well, I haven't found it yet. Well, what have you found? Well, that's your love. Yeah, but I don't want that. Then don't do it. How do I do it? The first thing you recognize, what are the implications? What are the stimulations? And stop. So... For someone who has no idea what it feels like to have peace and to sit still mm-hmm. and do nothing, all right? You know, we we want your reader to go, oh, that sounds good. Oh, that's you know, that sounds like what I want, even though well, it might be difficult at first. Yeah, when we say don't do nothing... It doesn't mean, you know, we bring their attention to being still. But it doesn't mean that's how it remains. We okay. can be doing we can be doing a lot of things but with less stimulation. Okay. We can go down the same road and not experience the bumps. Because we have worked through those behavioral structures. So we can go through and do what we would perceive as the same, but the chemical stimulation of the brain has subsided by doing more or less exactly the same thing. Now that's doing nothing. So doing nothing can be done while we're walking. 
Oh, wait a minute. You've got to clarify that for me. The Asians, the Asians are known for not thinking on their feet. And um, I didn't really understand what that meant until I had two Thai college business graduates in the front office of the facility I worked in Asia. And um, I had a bird, an endangered species, um, going into seizures. And I wanted to chelate what I thought was heavy metals from this this bird. And I went down to the office and I spoke to one of the girls and said, you know, I need some medicine. Yes, what do you need? Call this number. Yes, I know the number. She said, talk to this doctor. I want the medicine. I said, when can you get it? She said, maybe two hours. I said, bring it to me. So I waited two and a half hours. I had no response. So I went up to the front desk and I walked in. Why am I there? should be quite logical. I've come to get the medicine. Right. But there was no, no response. So I said, Yee, did you get my medicine? She looked at me and said, no. And looked right back down to writing. Uh, which to me was incomplete. So I said, did you call the number? She said, yes. No, no other answer. I said, did you talk to the doctor? Nobody answered the phone. Oh, jeez. I said, how many times did you call? She said, you said once. So I said, Yee, I want you to call the number three times. And she looked, up, looked at me very surprised and said, you want three medicines? Now, that's not overthinking. That is at a state of peace. They do not indulge in anything that they deem as unnecessary. Everything is simple. And that is not thinking on your feet. Well, That's a cultural difference. Yes. And you might say that's retarded. And I say, no, that's a calmer mind. They're definitely at peace. And they just drift through life. Nothing seems to bother them. And you say, well, nothing seems to get done. And I say, well, they get up each morning, and they go to bed each night, and they fulfill their obligations. Well, that's where we've fallen into the trap. Now, there's two extremes to where we are to where they are. But there's many steps in between that might be more desirable than what we're doing today, the way we think, the way we stress, the way we fall into anxiety, etc. I'm not saying that that will suit us in our environment. It would be very, very difficult. But we can trade out some of those steps working towards that situation and find it very desirable. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing in the U.S. is like everything is somehow attached to results. Yes. Right. But not not everything. It's results. A lot of it we look at business, um, personal application of that. But a lot of it is how we've created that. And and stress is not a desirable stimulation. It burns up more energy and it is less efficient. And the first really notes or recognition from an individual 
working through stress to a less stressful situation is they're more efficient. They get more done in less time mm-hmm. because they've taken the pressure off themselves. They're more at a state of peace. Thus, the brain is working more efficient. They're able to rest more efficiently. Now, I say that's desirable. And how did they start that? By not doing the same things they typically do, by realizing they have a choice, which is at that that starts it is doing nothing. Interesting. It it is. It's a. I mean, um, I lived in that culture um, for years, mm-hmm. and um, it was both very frustrating and very rewarding, um, because things typically didn't happen the way that I was typically used to, and part of it was understanding that and not falling into that trap of expectations. And, right. you know, it came to as long as I'm able to get the results I desire, does it really matter? Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. achieved in a different way. I was thinking, as you were saying that, when I worked with um, um, this guy, Robert Allen, he was a best-selling author, you know, I would travel to these different seminars and stuff, and there would be, I mean, at first there were maybe 200, 300 people, but after a few years there was maybe 1,500 people. And he would hand me a piece of paper, and he would say, Denise, I need 1,500 copies of this in one hour, and then one distributed on each of the chairs in the big grand ballroom. In one hour, you know. And I remember at first I would sort of freak out because my brain automatically goes to, you know, figure out how to get the copies done cheap. Where's the closest office depot, Kinko's, whatever, you know. And I thought, that's not what he said. He didn't, you know, I, I figured this out over time. He didn't say get it done cheap. He said get it done. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so I would go to the hotel's copy center. I would say, I need 1,500 copies. After you get the first 500, call me and I'll take those. And then I would corral six people who were attendees at the seminar. Would you like yeah. to help Bob out and got them to take different sections of the room yeah. to distribute them? You know? Yeah. And, and I couldn't have gotten there without stopping and thinking, what is he really asking for rather than. Yeah sort of putting my spin into it. Yeah. I mean, that's the plan. The difference between a plan and a goal. His goal was to get 1,500 um, of these pamphlets on people's seats. Well, you've got to have a plan. How to accommodate that. And realistically, you could have done that without being involved yourself. Just by directing. Well, I did delegate quite a bit of it. <laughs> yes, but you could have delegated all of it once you had the plan. Right. So what seemed to be the impossible becomes very logical. Right. And it is just stopping thinking, you know, um, with the Asperger's dyslexia, I don't, I don't learn in a typical format. Um, mm-hmm. And it 
it's a mistake for me to fall into that. It just doesn't work for me. So I ask questions. What's the goal? What What is it that we are supposed to bring out of this? And then I let my brain work it out the way that I would do it. I haven't got to do it the way other people do it. And that's the problem. When we've got a guru, a book, it's, it's one size fits, fits all. And it does not work. It needs to be individualized by the individual. They're the only person that can understand themselves or, let's say, start to understand themselves. There is no external answer, and there's not a person that can do it for you. Right, right. I think this idea that people switch addictions, it's like they're doing everything in their power to avoid peace. It sounds like yes. is what you're saying. Yes. Because it's not addicting. Yeah, it's, it's not stimulating. You know, you, the clothes. Why do you choose the clothes? Because I like them. So there is stimulation. So what if, what if everybody wore the same clothes? And what if everybody ate the same food? And you start to break down and it's like, wow. It is all chemical stimulation. Right. It's all enhancement. Well, who's to say that it's, you know, good or bad? You can't unless it becomes undesirable. And then the problem becomes to undo it, to re-stimulate. And you're confronted with all of this at that point. There isn't a shortcut. No shortcut. It's very interesting, you know, when we look at diets. Um, the word diet it it stimulates a format of a temporary let's say effort and it may be successful effort effort. or discipline and it puts us behind where we are well there's a great example um, that, that focuses on this if you were to get two styrofoam cups and mark one with an H and one with a C and fill the H up with boiling hot water, and then just get cold water out of your faucet in the sea into the sea cup, and you put both of those cups in a deep freeze at the same time, which one freezes first? The hot one. I remember this experiment from chemistry. (laughs) Well, the reason it does... And you talked about it, you know. Yeah, the change takes more energy from a liquid to a semi-solid, and correct, the cold water drops down to that point quicker. Then it needs to absorb more energy. The hot water with momentum goes through that change quicker than the cold water and freezes first. Well, it's the same concept as a diet. A diet puts you behind where you were. And it's like an elastic band. And then we let the elastic band go. We go back to what we're doing before And that elastic band builds up velocity and knocks us in the back and pushes us to a point further than we were before. Hmm. Well, and and that's true with 98% of dieters, that whatever they lost, they gained back and then some, you know. Or drug users or um, 
it's because of momentum. It's the same concept of the hot water and the cold water. So if you start something, it's, it, the structure is, is to create a lifestyle that you can continue, one that's desirable for you to continue, not a short term. And what we focus on here is a quick fix, short term. Right. And it is typically, typically not successful. Right. We start off. We start off at a rate that we know we can't maintain. So why start it in the first place? We have a three hundred and fifty billion dollar a year diet industry that's based on this idea of doing it fast and doing something people know they can't maintain. Yes, which puts you back in the hot water, cold water concept and pushes you to a point that was above and beyond where you started in an undesirable sense. Right, right. We've got to make peace, like, really attractive for your readers. Yes. You know? Um, like, I'm not so sure they're drawn to peace yet. And I want them to feel, you know what, that's what I want. Well, by changing the word to contempt might be a more desirable term. You know, contempt is a part of peace. So to be content with something, an aspect in your life, um, might be um, a word stimulation that is more desirable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want mm-hmm. them to see it as, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Well, that's... It, we've got the extremes. We've got the addiction. we got we got peace. And we have middle ground. And that's where the concept of trading out one addiction for another. But as long as we can get to middle ground, it's more desirable. Now, if we learn tools on how and what we are, then we have the tools to continue if we so desire. Everybody finds their place. And as long as it's a place that is more desirable, and they've learned how they created that, then it's their choice. How far do you want to take this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, that's the way I do. People ask, you know, how long will it take? And it's like, what take? Isn't it a lifetime? Sure. Oh, well, so we never finish? Well, you want you want the ribbon to run out there and run past the ribbon? Um, there isn't a finishing line. But that's our achievement-oriented culture, you know? Yes. Yes. Again, we fall into the trap. You know, and it's like, well, what what does it look like? What what does it mean? It's like, would you like to feel different about some of the experiences you have? Yes. That's what it feels like. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Of course, the different, again, is unknown. So then we don't know how it's going to be different. Yes. We just know it's going to be different and probably uncomfortable for a while at first. Of course. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it should be. That's the way we should recognize the, the change is. If change is too comfortable, then uh, open your eyes. You probably you haven't know, changed. <laughs> no, you're back in the same store. 
You know, right. we did the AD. Yeah. That's the way it works. And it, it's like, well, you're, you're pulling me around in circles. No, I'm not. That's your brain doing that. You want this answer, and there isn't the answer. That's your brain going around in circles. It's your mm-hmm. brain looking for an answer. You know, it's like you're playing games. It's like, no, I'm not playing games. I'm just not giving you the answer you want. Do you think the brain is searching for something familiar? Of course. Right? You know. Of, of course. That's what it does. And we we put it off track, and it's not comfortable with that. Right. Until right. we build a structure up that's connected, more comfortable, and now we have choice. Yeah. And little by little, we build on one, and the other one diminishes. Right. It's a process. It's not a word. It's not a statement. It's a process. Right. And you know, it's like, well, how does that process work? Here we go. We're falling into the word trap again. We can't explain. By explaining, it might even be handicapping us from doing. By explaining, it might be handicapping us from doing. We're putting the value in words. Right, and right. We're, we're looking Which for you know is always like a dagger to my heart when you say that, you know. But I, I know I, I thought, I thought about that in the last chapter. Actually, I'm like, wow, this is putting Denise in an arena. She's writing this. I wonder, I wonder what's going on in her brain with this. I have I have to try to keep my emotions out of it because <laughs> you know yeah. because the thing is is that my experience is writing and I love working with words and crafting and blah 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 you know but the thing is is that this is your book this is your yeah. experience not only with your life but with you know hundreds thousands of clients over the years so yeah. I have to accept it this is truth and and work with that you know well, so, we go but, back but to yeah, the it sometimes does hit me. I will. I have to be honest with you about that. So yeah. we've got to go back to the Yale study, you know. And it's like, well, yeah, look at this thing they did with words when they wrote it down. And it's like, see, see. And then you go back, and it's like, it's bullshit. It's like, oh, yeah, but surely there's another study that confirms this, right? Well, Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> There's other studies that confirm quite the opposite. Not don't that I'm write aware. It down. Yeah, don't write it down. You know, not that we should ever say this. This will never come up. But suicide, if people are talking about it, there's a sigh of relief from me. It's like, oh, I think that we're okay. When they're not it's talking about it. It's the ones who it. don't talk about it, yeah, that you worry about. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. It's the ones, you know, that don't speak of their intentions, that just go and do it. Why would they have to go and speak of their intentions? Even if we're talking about success, they already know they're going to do it. So why do they need to say it? They just put all their energy in the doing. Mm -hmm. And the other, you know, 99% are left there talking about their plans and discussing how to do it. The doer is already doing it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, 
again, I'm wanting to make peace like really attractive to your readers. And I know you have a million of them, so it's probably hard to pick. But can you share a success story with me from one of your clients? Obviously, we change all the names and all that. Well, you got the big one right now with Keith Lauren. You saw his thing on, um, I read it to you on the Facebook. He said, I can use it. You know that term about there is no road for roads. Um, you know, he's he's the guy with the HIV. And um, I, he's just got news that the HIV has gone into a stage where the RNA is fracturing. It looks like it's coming apart. So his journey has led him to personally, it looks like so far that he's going to pull through HIV and it be clear. So pull that's, through that's, what? That he's, he'd be HIV free. Wow. He'd be the first in the world ever to do it and second or whatever. It's, you know, it's disputable. Like, you know, maybe this one person... But it doesn't matter. That's his personal journey. Um, but success is something that just, when we do it successfully, we don't measure. It's such a natural process, and it comes through choice. So we make the choice, so there isn't a comparison. You know, it's like having um, some sweet tea and some unsweet tea right in front of you. You know, which one do you like, this or that? But if you're in one arena not aware of the other, there's just acceptance that that's what it is. There's not a comparison. So the individual that is successful at working through their emotional challenges is probably the least aware of it because they've got nothing to compare to. You remember emotional memory subsides. It goes from colorful to black and white. So right. if somebody's there and they're able to readily verbalize the things they're doing in comparison to, uh-uh. now, that's not change. That's them telling a story. The one that's huh. gone on with their life in this content, what are they spending the energy shouting about it for? They have no reason. So you don't so you don't get people who come to you and say, This is where I was at a year ago when we started working together. This is where I'm at today. Um, Annette did. Annette came through a big um revelation. I think she probably would have spoke it to you. Um, Facebook sent her a picture. I don't know what the process is. It was like like, there's a term, that they send a picture of you three years ago, five years ago, as a reminder. I don't know what it was, but it, Facebook sent her this picture. And it was a picture of her going out with a girlfriend of hers, a night mm-hmm. on the town to go in. And, you know, it was like, woohoo, going out for a night. And she said, look at me, I'm so sad. And she showed people, and the first thing they said is like, you got sadness in your eyes. And she goes, but that was a good night for me. And she goes, look at me now. She goes, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that that's what I looked like. Right. That's perfect. That's a great story. So 
unless you've got something that comes in like that, it's such a natural process. Such a natural process that there is no measuring stick because what you work through is diminished. So where's the measuring stick? It's a natural Hmm. process. You know, are you aware that you're a day older today than what you were yesterday? Never yes, even because my birthday was last week. <laughs> oh, yes. And I did send a happy birthday to you, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. acutely aware. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Most of the time we're not, you know. And I fought it right up to the end. Oh, crap, I'm now 57 rather than 56. Yeah, there's a measuring but, stick. And it... And the only time you started to fight it was when that measuring stick came up. Right. So if it wasn't there, I mean, Asia is, they don't have the five-day week structure, you know, um, where I was every day, every day. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't have a, a weekly structure. They don't have a monthly structure. So everything is exactly the same. And when we were building, you know, new structures, buildings out there, which we were, you know, it's supposed to finish on this day. And it's like, don't set yourself up for expectations because that day comes or the week builds up. Nobody's speeding up. Nobody's talking about it. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. It just takes as long as it takes. And it's like, so why, why did you say it would take three months? Well, because you guys wanted an answer. Mm-hmm. But it's not the way it works over here. Well, I think especially with emotional challenges, it's like you get it when you get it. Um, you get it when you get it, and then it's diminished. It readily falls off four to six weeks from being a very colorful to black and white, right into grayscale, right. and right. you disattach from it. So there is no comparison. It's not the way the brain works. I mean, historically, it's put into a vault, and it's very mundane in in the format because it's no longer relevant. And you go, well, I've changed. (laughs) It's like, well, I hear this time and time again. But that black and white picture is exactly the same as this color one. It looks different and feels different. But the foundation's there. You're using your brain the same way. And this is the difficult part for people to perceive because it doesn't feel like we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One last question before we're almost ready to wrap up today. Um, okay. I notice people who kind of like feel like they've worked out, worked out an emotional issue or something and, you know, it's like they've let go of their whoever it was or, you know, whatever it is. And then it comes up again, you know. Yes. And there's there's this expression, you know, I mean, we talk about unpeeling the layers of an onion. And the expression is, damn, that onion gets big sometimes. You know, like um, it just, it never ends, so the, the layers. Yeah, the layers of an onion, um, uh, there's... There's many different ways to look at this, and you perceive you take them. There's another one, another one, another one. Um, it's not really it. 
It's designed to do one thing. Whether there's one layer or a hundred layers, it's the way you look at it. But it's still going to do the same thing. And it's, you know, if it's relationships, there's a chemical stimulation that's involved to pull you in. If there's not the chemical stimulation, where's the relationship? And what we don't perceive, it's the same chemical stimulation. It's the same parts of the brain saying, we need that. We need that in our life. That's part of our structure that we require. We don't see this because we are responding at a sensory level from this chemistry, and the chemistry is saying, be alert, switch on. And we go, oh, I like that. Well, that's a chemical stimulation. That's Mm -hmm. induced. I like that. It has nothing to do with the person or the experience. We've been told to pay attention to that. You know, it's like um, as individuals that I've, I've said that, you know, we categorize what we would deem as a redneck, let's say, just to create, you know, a personality profile. And if we knew exactly what their chemical to- cocktail was to attraction, we could hook them up to an IV. And as the, the lumberjack walks in the room, we inject them in this chemical stimulation and they would be attracted to the lumberjack. And they go, no, I wouldn't. It's like, yes, you would because it's happening in your brain. Well, I would be able to resist that. Then why can't you resist your emotional challenges? It's a process we're not aware of. Oh, good. I got lots of stuff from you. Um, I had a thought about the um, conversation I had last time with Annette. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's plenty of stuff in there for a chapter, you know, that okay. really that really kind of highlights one person that you've worked with and, you know, sort of their journey and how you help them, which really edifies you and makes you look good. I was wondering how you would feel about combining it with the story of maybe one other person, you know, and in particular, I was thinking maybe a a man rather than a woman. So you'd have one man and one woman sharing their journey of what happened as they've worked with you. Oh, the big one. We can keep it just on in that. That's fine. I just think yeah. it would be more powerful if we had two people rather than just one. Okay, I'm going to give you a quick example and you'll see why. Um, this doctor, um, he's gay and he's out of town and they're wanting to do an intervention with um, a roommate of this individual. And this individual never comes back home. So they find some ketamine. So he takes the ketamine and he puts it in his pocket. He's got to get a plane. And he flies from a big city to another city. And there's a security breakdown or something. Something happened. And they're waiting to search the plane when it lands. This is true, by the way. Um, And it wasn't anything to do with what he did. There was something. So he takes the ketamine out 
and puts it in the thing, like little folder thing on the back of the seat, and they find it, and he gets arrested. What what was it? Ketamine. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a uh, a lot of people use it for like uh, clubs and that. Um, it's a stimulant. Let's say similar to cocaine in a way, but it's, oh, you know, it's okay, ketamine. some kind of drug. Yeah, so. yeah, and um, so he gets arrested, and um, he um, goes, you know, the medical board sort of hovering around, and he gets two evaluations, and um, he um, he doesn't pass them, and he's got a third one coming up, and he calls me, he hears about me, it's out of state, and you know, can you help me pass an evaluation? And I thought, well. <clears throat> Well, that's a little bit unethical. But <laughs> the way I do it is to work through his challenges, so it's a natural process. So we spent 18 hours the first day. And I wow. was telling him, he, he wasn't telling me the truth. There was, I sensed there was addictions there. And we got ecstasy and we got amphetamines out of him. Wow. So... I said, well, why didn't you tell me? He said, well, I wanted to keep him on the back burner until this is over. And I said, so this was like a diet for you, right? And then you're going to go back worse. Oh, I've learned my lesson. And so we spent another two, like, 18-hour days. And um, we worked with him, and he went through a rehab past, and he went to an out thing. There's a representative, like, from the medical board monitoring him. And the last day of his outpatient, he went for a Japanese meal and had some sake. The day before it ends, and the next day they do a urine test. So uh, he fails it. And he's so adamant that, you know, he didn't do this. And uh, he said, why didn't you do a hair sample? Because it's wrong. Well, they do a hair sample, and they find ketamine in his hair sample. <laughs> so it's like it gets bigger and bigger. So they, and he's adamant that there's a mistake, and he's gay. And he claims that he got this in his system by having oral sex with somebody that used it. That's so blatant, and this, this, and they couldn't argue it. But they're really questioning, you know. So he goes to the same place as Tiger Woods goes. But he's made such a statement that he doesn't use. And they're trying to find, you know, when you remember when Tiger Woods went to a rehab? Right. Yeah, right. I mean, what I'm saying is this is a very good one. Yeah, he probably so went to a very, very expensive one. Yeah, he's, he's got himself in such a corner that he can't come out and admit it. And he's with the best. So I'm working with him at weekends. Well, you know, sometimes driving, flying in, and like we're predicting, we're predicting what these therapists are going to do with him. And we got it right. We got him out of it. So he escapes this, and um, he's on a monitoring program. And this, this guy is set up to self-destruct. So that, you know, random urine testing and, you know, he keeps working as a doctor. He's well, very well known where he's from. And uh, he's using um, somebody else's urine. They found a way to get clean urine. And I'm like, you know, you're going to get caught. 
you're going to get caught. Well, he couldn't, you know, he wasn't allowed to drink any alcohol or nothing. So he's allowed to pass one of these random tests, you know, by not being available. But the second one, then he's got to go. And he's over in Europe. And he's partying, and he gets caught for the, he missed one, he gets caught for one. He comes back, and he gets this urine sample, gives it in as his own. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Goes back. Now he's feeling that he's, you know, he's past the deadline. So he goes and uses over in Europe. But he gets a hot mouth. <laughs> yeah. He's, this is self-sabotage time. So, so he gets um, a call back that the urine he's used from a friend is dirty. <laughs> so he comes back. Yeah, it, it was tainted. It came back positive. So he's gone and used drugs again. And he's like, Kim, I need your help. And I'm like, I cannot keep doing this with you, getting you out of this. So I said, ethically, you challenged me, but ethically, I said, I would get you through this. This is the last. No more playing games. We're going to work through this. And, you know, so I said, look, if this was behaviorism and this is a setup from you as a self-sabotage, which I'm convinced it is, there's a way out of it. There's a way out of it. That's the way I believe. I said, so when did you do it? Okay, your hair growth. Okay, bleach your hair, color it. Bleach it, color it. Bleach it, color it. Three times. And you've got to get, because they're going to do a hair sample on you, we said a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. You can't go past the Wednesday. On Tuesday, they did it. And they cut his hair, tested it, came up negative. So that was the final of that. And then I made a prediction out of the blue. I said, for some reason, I think you're going to work out how to get rid of HIV. And it, it's, it's weird how it all came about. He's now quit his job as an MD, which I said he would do because he's going to go into alternative. I said, if you start the work I do, you're going to no longer be able to feel comfortable doing it. So uh-huh. he's quit his job now. He's going into alternative. He's a step away from clearing himself from HIV. Now, that's an extreme journey. It, it's yeah. like we find so many cracks in the armor through behaviorism to pull himself out, um, to change the jigsaw puzzle balance, which allowed another door to open, was the theory, and it worked each time. He was running for health commissioner for that state where he's in. And he's decided not to do it because of his belief as adjusted. So he's a very highly respected individual. But that's about the extreme. You know, if he was to clear himself of HIV, then it's like, oh, my God. And it's all to do with behaviorism. Right. Right. Good story. Good story. It is, but we can't use any of it because it's it's so close to him, you know. But I think okay. just Annette, and Annette's a clinical psychologist. Uh, uh, um, no, and that's great. I mean, I well, yeah. and I loved the conversation yeah. with her. She was she was wonderful. Yeah, so. yeah. But okay. hers is a very true story. She says, you know, she does all sorts of research and that, and she goes, you know, with her with a 
product blueprint, it worked with her. That's her fact. That's her truth. And that's right. why she's involved with this company. Right. Well, then we will work with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, okay. yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. Uh, would you like to schedule a time for next week? Of course. <laughs> I know. All right. Good. Um, how does Tuesday the 10th look? That's one week from today. Um, 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 um. Yeah, let's do let's do Tuesday next week. Same time. Yep, same time, yeah. same station. Yeah, let me. Could you re, um, text that to me as soon as you can? I've got a, a couple people wanting to book time with me next week. And once no I problem. see it in writing, once I see it in writing, it like registers in my head. Before then, it's just you know, it's just right. words sort of thing. All right. I'll do this. I'll do it as soon as we get off the phone. Let me ask you a quick question. Yes, are you, sir. Are you, are you using the silent CD? Yes. Okay, and it's it's being played um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Yes. Okay, has there been any, um, any differences of any type in your sleep patterns? Um, I'm noticing the last couple nights I'm sleeping better. Okay. I'm getting like six and a half to seven hours of sleep rather than like five and a half to six, you know. Okay. Um, I'm getting up in the middle of the night maybe once rather than getting up two or three times. Okay. Now, I'm just going to ask a question, and I want you, if possible, just to go silent when I'm answering it. Now, if you're sleeping better at night, one would presume potential is you're more tired when you go that's, to bed. I'm, that's possible. I, I'm twisting it around the other way. I'm going to say that you're not so stressed during the day. Thus, your mind comes down to a resting place quicker. So I'm going to speculate that there might be less stress in your day. Not that you're more tired, I think less stressed. Now, I'll have to pay attention and see how I feel. I never have a problem falling asleep. It's staying asleep. Okay, it's the same thing. It's the stress level in your brain. Your brain is able to stay down longer. Which um, gives a little more deep REM sleep. Yeah. Is there a typical time, and I think you've said it, a typical time you wake up? Usually, I wake up between 5.30 and 6. In fact, this morning, I felt like I was waking up late because I woke up at 6.15. And I was okay. like, holy crap, I only have an hour and 15 minutes before my call, you know, with with you. So, okay. anyway. and so, But I am, go, I am going to bed a little earlier. Like, you know, instead of going to bed like around midnight, going to bed maybe 10.30, 11. Okay. So you're going to bed earlier, you're starting to sleep later, and you, the waking up in the middle of the night is lessening, it's dropping, correct? Yes. Okay. That's, I, think, I think that is um, from less stress in the daytime is where I'm going on this. But just monitor. It's very hard. It's very hard because it happens so naturally but when there's physicalities like this, the sleep patterns are changing, something's changing. 
Right. Right. Something's changing. And it's like, well, can we promote it? And it's like, no, just let it do what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Just let it do. And, and it, listen to other people. If other people are giving an evaluation of you or comment, listen to what they have to say. Okay. It, it typically comes that way that other people recognize it because we're not there to watch ourselves, you know? Right, right, yeah. right. We're we're terrible observers of ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. That's well, I mean, I know you said you've said that. I'm just repeating what you've said to me. So yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. How do we do, how do we observe ourselves? I mean, it's an impossibility actually. But we hear, you know, be better observers. It's like be different observers of ourselves is the truth. Be different. Evaluate. Right evaluate in a different way. So good, that's good. Just keep it yeah. up. Keep it up. I will. Already. I will. All so right. All right. Have have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you in a week. All right. Thank you All so right. much. Take, okay. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye.
While you were gone last night, I said she had my transcribed two hours of audio. Wow. Okay. Yes, I know. So I need to start working on Last Monday, I got something. I know, I just, it's like when you're tired, you just don't feel inspired. I know. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no reason why I can't sit at my computer. I'm doing this oh, yeah, Facebook yeah. shit. Yeah. You know? But I got even more lucky. For some reason, the last three weeks, I didn't write a single blog. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I gotta, That's how writing is. Yeah, I got to, you know, you just can't, okay, I'm going to write. Then you can't say, okay, I'm going to do seven blogs this week no, and make no, up. No. Yeah. No. Go with where you're at. Exactly. So, you know, I'm going to maybe write at least one today. <coughs> 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.